0: So I don't know, preaching after Rich sings and before Katie sings, it's not fair. (laughs) So I have a confession. I'm scared to death of snakes. Did anyone see the picture in today's Post-Gazette? It's of the... Texas Rattlesnake Roundup. And in the middle of the picture, it's in one of the back sections. There's Miss Texas standing in a room full of rattlesnakes. That's my definition of hell. So my, um, my family, whenever we go to a new region of the country, they play a joke. They buy me the laminated snake identification guide for that region. And my family um, likes to tell the story of when we were hiking in, Utah, and my my daughter was in front of me on the path, and there was a very small rattlesnake that was way up ahead um, that the second I saw it, I reached out and grabbed her. And as they say, I threw her over my shoulder back. I don't like snakes. So I identify with this Old Testament reading today we have from the book of Numbers, all about snakes. Now the book of numbers it's a strange collection of stories. It's a collection of stories of laws, of poems, it includes stories about talking donkeys and there being too much quail. Stories that are filled with m- metaphor and with allegory. And we we could talk for a long time about what really happened. Or, what truths are actually in these stories? But here we have them. There are stories. So, we find the Hebrew people in the desert. They've escaped from Egypt, and now they're on their 40 year sojourn through the Sinai in the wilderness. And the people, they complained. They complained a lot. God had given them manna from heaven to eat. They've been given quail. They even had water from stones, but they're sick of it. Maybe it's the variety or maybe it's the taste. Maybe it's like my 11-year-old standing in front of a fridge full of food and complaining that there's nothing to eat. And the lesson tells us, for all this complaining... God sent snakes. So we can wonder, did God send them? If God sent them, did God intend for them to bite? Was this some kind of divine punishment or did it just happen and later the explanation was put on it? But God sent snakes and they began to beat people bite people and they began to die so Moses as he does goes to God and he argues on behalf of God's people and God tells Moses to do a strange thing to take a pole and on it to make a bronze serpent and place it on the pole and lift it high into the air and whenever someone is bitten by that snake they just need to look at that snake on the pole and they shall live. So what he's saying is that, what the story is saying is that by gazing at the thing that seeks to cause them death, by gazing at the very thing that seeks to cause them death, the people are given life. Now think about it. There are many snakes around us and yes, they bite. Sometimes they're self-inflicted snakes. They're greed or selfishness. Sometimes they're things that just happen. Cancer or climate change. Sometimes they're structural. They're bigger than any individual. The sexism, homophobia, racism, inequality in our world. Sometimes it's freak things. Accidents that just happened. Snakes that bite. The world is not a safe place. You know that, I know that. God knows this. And so does Jesus. So we have this story from John. It's a conversation between Nicodemus and Jesus. Nicodemus is a prominent Jewish teacher, and he comes to Jesus by night. He comes under cover. He wants to know what Jesus is all about. And Jesus, referencing that strange story in the book of Numbers, he says to De- Nicodemus Just as Moses lifted up that serpent in the wilderness so much must the Son of Man be lifted up. So must the Son of Man be lifted up. And then he continues with the most iconic line from John's Gospel. We hear about it, we see it written on signs in football stadiums. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. And continuing, indeed God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. The mission of Jesus, the mission of God, is not condemnation. It's not judgment. The mission of Jesus is about deliverance. It's about healing. It's about salvation. It's about life. There's plenty of condemnation in the world Plenty of snakes, some self-inflicted, some just happened. But just as the snake was raised in the wilderness to heal those who were bitten by it, Jesus is lifted, lifted up on the cross to heal the entire world. For, you know, with Jesus there on the cross, All of the pain, all of the suffering, all of the sin, all of the loss, all of it, all of it that you have and I have and of the entire world, it's all taken on to him. It's all brought into the wide embrace that Jesus makes on the hardwood of the cross. It's all held there, right there in him. And then we have the greatest paradox of the Christian faith that as it's raised up and we can gaze on it, we can gaze on all of those things that cause us death, all of those things that we fear, all those things that draw us from God's love. We can gaze on them in the cross, with Jesus on the cross, And then, it'll give us life. It's through the cross that we know healing, that we know forgiveness, that we find life. How this happens is the great mystery of the Christian church, the mystery of the Christian story. That through this instrument of darkness, of torture, of death, when it's lifted up and we gaze on it, we can see those things that cause us death and we know life. We're in the downward slope of the Lenten season now. As we walk together to that great cross of Christ, we know at good Friday, that cross that draws the whole world, where Jesus draws the whole world in onto himself, so that we may know the power of his saving embrace. I want to close with a prayer from the prayer book used in the Church of England. God's grace is given before we can respond. For you, Jesus Christ came into the world. For you, he lived and showed God's love. For you, he suffered the darkness of Calvary and cried at the last. It is accomplished. For you, he triumphed over death and rose in newness of life. For you, he ascended to God's right hand. All this he did for you, though you did not know it yet. And so the word of Scripture is fulfilled. We love because God loved us first. Amen.